You're listening to Assurity's Good Business Podcast. I'm Matt. In this show, we're talking to the leaders who are successfully making business better for the world, from eco-friendly changemakers to companies that give back to their people and communities in a big way. Climate change. It's a big topic. And as we learn more and more about the causes of climate change and what we can do to reverse it, there's an increasing focus on agriculture and the impact that raising crops and livestock can have on the environment. Along with new knowledge comes new solutions, or in this case, new ways to use solutions we've had for millennia. Gabe Brown is one of the largest and most prominent advocates for what's known as regenerative agriculture, farming practices that help to restore, preserve, and improve the land that they're implemented on. He's appeared in the award-winning documentary Kiss the Ground, as well as at speaking engagements around the world, and even testified in front of Congress about the benefits of adopting regenerative agriculture practices. Gabe got his start as a rancher, and now he spends most of his time with his consulting company, Understanding Ag, and his nonprofit organization, Soil Health Academy. After our conversation, I can confidently say that there are few people who know more about how regenerative ag practices can transform the way we grow or raise our food. Here's Gabe. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you today. So, my name is Gabe Brown, and I'm a rancher from near Bismarck, North Dakota. And my story, I will try and keep it brief, but I grew up in the city of Bismarck and became very interested in agriculture through FFA and a vocational agriculture instruction in in high school. And I really uh, went to college to be a teacher of vocational education and um, I happened to marry my high school sweetheart and uh, her parents farmed, and uh, they had three daughters, and so they wanted to know if we'd be interested in taking over the ranch, and so I was excited. I, I would be not be telling the truth if I told you my wife was excited, because she was looking forward. She always tells people she married a city kid to get off the farm, and I led her back to it, but what happened in our story was that in 1991, we had the opportunity to buy a part of the ranch from her parents, and we did. And me being one who was always uh, eager to learn, I had read and studied a lot about no-till. And so uh, I took and sold all of our tillage equipment, went 100% no-till in 1994. And the first year was good. 1995 came along. We lost 100% of our crop to hail. 1996 came along. We lost 100% to hail again. 1997 came along and we dried out, never combined an acre. 1998 came along and we lost 80% of our crop to hail. Well, as you can imagine, uh, things were pretty serious by then. My wife and I had off-farm jobs in order to make some money and, and pay the bills. And the banker was no longer willing to loan me money to put the crop in and pay for all of the expensive inputs. So over that four years, I had to learn how am I going to make this soil productive and make this ranch profitable without all these added expenses of fertilizers and pesticides, herbicides, etc. So that sent me on a path of learning. And I tell people that those four years were really hard to go through, but they were absolutely the best thing that could have happened to me because I was being shown what would become the six principles of regenerative agriculture. 
you know, and and I really learned over time that as I observe and follow and emulate, try and emulate how nature functions, that it's much more profitable work with nature instead of against her. And that's that's led me down this path where I tell people Gabe Brown is not a very smart person. I just know a lot of smart people because I've been blessed to be introduced to some of the smartest people in their fields around the world, whether it be soil science or entomology or, or, or ecosystem, how ecosystems function and animal scientists. And, and I learned from all of them. And uh, I tell people, God bless me with a big mouth. So as I met people, I'm not afraid to talk to them and invite them to my ranch so I can learn more. And we get thousands of people a year coming to our ranch and it just opens more and more doors. And that's led to today where now my wife and I have turned the ranch over to our son. He's the owner operator of it. And I spend my time with two businesses, one being Understanding Ag, which is a soil health consulting company. Uh, it's for my business partners and I, and we have a team of consultants under it. We're consulting on over 22 million acres across North America right now. And then we also have a 501c3 nonprofit called Soil Health Academy. And our mission with Soil Health Academy is simply to spread the word of regenerative agriculture to anyone who will listen. Gabe mentioned his ranch was no-till. Despite living in Nebraska, I have absolutely no agricultural background. So I asked him what that meant. Turns out, it's just one of the principles he's identified as keys to regenerative agriculture. I always equate things back to a gardener, a garden, because most people are familiar with gardens. So look at the vast majority of people, if they go to plant a garden, they till the soil, whether it be with a rototiller or a spade. They turn the soil over. Well, I ask the question, in nature, do you turn the soil over? Does nature turn the soil over? No, nature has earthworms and burrowing animals, but it doesn't do the copious amounts of tillage that's done in agriculture today. And so most people don't realize, but if they grow a garden, why do they do that to, to grow uh, food for themselves or others? But if you really wanna grow nutrient-dense food, tilling the soil is one of the worst things you can do because it destroys the home for biology and it destroys the nutrient cycle. And so you're actually having negative ramifications on the nutrient density of food if you do tillage. So don't turn the soil over. As previously mentioned, this is just one of the principles Gabe and others leading the way in regenerative agriculture have noticed. In fact, there are six principles in total that can impact not only the efficiency and sustainability of agriculture, but also the nutritional content of the crops grown. There's six principles that are constant anywhere in the world where there's land-based production. And those six principles are briefly, number one, context. Nature always farms and ranches in the ecological context it is in. There's a reason bananas don't grow in North Dakota, right? It's not the right climate. So you have to farm and ranch within your own ecological context. Second principle is just as we discussed, uh, least amount of mechanical and chemical disturbance possible. Nature just doesn't do the copious amounts of tillage or 
use copious amounts of chemicals like we do in agriculture today. That's antagonistic to a healthy ecosystem. We need to minimize that. Third principle is armor on the soil. Nature always tries to keep the soil covered. Walk into a forest or walk into a prairie, you always see that soil surface covered. Nature is trying to protect the soil from wind erosion, water erosion, and it wants to provide that food for biology. The fourth principle is diversity. Where in nature do you see a monoculture? Usually only where mankind has put it or man's actions has caused it. Nature loves diversity. It abhors a monoculture. Yet what are we doing in agriculture today? You see large fields of monocultures. That's not the way to farm and ranch in nature's image. The fifth principle is living root in the soil as long as possible throughout the year. Nature always tries to have living plants. Uh, I'll go back to the garden analogy. Look in a garden. If you have bare soil, you're going to have some weeds coming there. Nature's trying to put a living plant in the soil so it can capture that solar energy and pump those compounds into the soil to feed biology. And then the final principle is animal and insect integration. Ecosystems do not function properly without animals and insects. Yet, what have we done? We've removed much of the animal life from the landscape and put it into confined animal feeding operations. That's not how nature functions. So those six principles, I can literally go anywhere in the world. And if we apply those six principles, we'll be able to regenerate any landscape. Six principles modeled after how plants, animals, and the environment naturally interact and replicable anywhere on the planet. Pretty impressive. So what happens when someone starts down the path of regenerative agriculture and applies these principles, whether at home in their garden or on a massive ranch? These principles, I've seen them uh, uh, take place on large million-acre properties, and I've seen them take place in a flower pot on a deck in New York City, okay? Doesn't matter the size. So the first thing you'll do is you will grow the type of crops and animals that fit that environment, okay? The principles are the same, but the species of plants and animals used will be different based on your environment. So that's the principle of context. Then we don't disturb the soil. I talked about how in 1994 I went no-till. By not disturbing the soil, you're not destroying the home for biology. You're going to improve water infiltration. Take a look at what happens most springs in many areas in the United States. You have copious amounts of flooding occurring. Well, the reason for that flooding is because we've destroyed soil structure and we're no longer able to infiltrate water. When my wife and I bought this ranch in 1991, our soils could only infiltrate a half of an inch of rainfall per hour, okay? Now today, we've done extensive scientific testing. We can infiltrate over 30 inches of rainfall per hour. Now, where I'm at in Bismarck, North Dakota, we have never, ever received 30 inches of rain in a year, let alone in an hour. But the fact of the matter is, Every raindrop that falls on my ranch is going to be able to infiltrate into the soil and then be held there via the carbon that's in the soil. That makes me very resilient to drought 
and it makes our ranch uh, uh, resilient to flooding. If we would simply heal the soils, we wouldn't have this massive amount of flooding. The next principle is armor on the soil. Well, think of what happened during those three years I had hail. All that biomass, the above ground uh, biomass was pushed down on the soil surface. That protected the soil, as I said, from wind erosion, water erosion, and it started to feed the life in the soil. So all of a sudden I started noticing more earthworms and organisms in the soil. Those, that soil biology is what feeds plants nutrients. In a teaspoon full of healthy soil, there's more microorganisms than there are people on this planet. Think about that. That's just mind blowing. Yet how many of us think of that? Do we think of feeding soil life? And it's that soil life that brings plants the nutrients that then nourish our bodies and animals' bodies. So we need to pay attention to that. The next principle is diversity. Uh, I'll use our ranch as an example. My father-in-law, when he had it, he grew spring wheat, oats, and barley, three cash crops. Well, now I grow those same three cash crops, but I also grow corn and sunflowers and vetch and triticale and multi-species cover crops. And I have much more diversity. The more diversity you have, the more different leaf sizes and shapes, that's gonna collect more solar energy, more sunlight through photosynthesis, putting carbon in the soil. That mitigates climate change. The soil ecosystem uh, depends on carbon. The profitability of any farm or ranch depends on carbon. The more we can take out of the atmosphere and put in the soil, the better it is for climate change and for our profitability. Next principle, living root as long as possible. Most farms grow a cash crop for maybe 90 to 100 days a year. And then the, then the field lies idle, no living plants. We're not collecting sunlight. We have to grow cover crops and collect more sunlight. And then animal integration, we need to get the animals back out on the landscape. It's proven that grazing animals will cause that plant to put more carbon into the soil so we can actually mitigate climate change to a greater degree with grazing animals. And that, that flies in the face of what many believe. Many believe we need less animals. They couldn't be further from the truth. The fact of the matter is we need the animals that are in feedlots to be out on the landscape grazing so that we can help get more carbon in our soils. Not to mention grass finished proteins are much higher in nutrient density for human consumption also. Now, that might seem like a lot to keep track of, especially if you're just trying to grow some peppers and tomatoes on your porch. So I asked Gabe, do you need to follow all six principles in order to see results? The fact of the matter is it's like starting a journey going up a staircase. Each one of the principles is another step that'll take you and advance your ecosystem further. So can you make some progress only doing one or two? Yes, but nature always functions with all of these. So what we've found on the hundreds of farms and ranches I've been on and consulted on is that as they adopt more of these principles, the better it is for their profitability and the better it is for the ecosystem. 
If you're like me, you're probably starting to wonder why more large farms and ranches haven't adopted regenerative agriculture practices. After all, it seems like there are few, if any, downsides to it. It's a question that, when we sat down, Gabe had been recently asked by the House Agriculture Committee in the United States Congress. Yeah, yeah and I'm smiling as you, you say that, because this is a question I often get asked. And a couple of weeks ago, I testified in front of the House Agriculture Committee, and they asked me that very question. And I said, it simply, I answered it simply this way, you don't know what you don't know. Okay, I didn't know about these principles until I had those four years of natural disasters. Land-grant institutions are not teaching students this. Extension services are not teaching farmers and ranchers this. The current federal farm program is not being conducive to allowing farmers and ranchers to adopt these practices. One of the big things is fear, fear of the unknown. We're all afraid, you know, farmer or rancher is very comfortable doing what they know and are acclimated to uh, and what they've done for years. If you go and tell them these practices, it's like, okay, but I'm not used to that. Is it going to cost me money? How, how quickly can I turn my soils around? It is all about education. And what we're finding is the more edu we can educate farmers, ranchers, businesses, consumers about this, the greater and faster the adoption of these practices. But if there's one thing we've learned talking to leaders across industries, making big changes like those proposed by Gabe and his peers takes lots of time. Given where the trend is now with hearings in the chambers of Congress, does Gabe think we're at the brink of large-scale adoption? I wish I could say yes. One of the things that really bothers me, I've been going down this path a long time, as have many others. It's not just me. There's a whole community out there of farmers, ranchers who believe in these practices and are using them. It had, well, the snowball's finally starting to roll downhill. You know, three to five years ago, you didn't hear the word regenerative agriculture. Now you can't pick up a a farm magazine without talking about regenerative agriculture. I get uh, inquiries weekly from businesses, many large multinational businesses uh, interested in regenerative agriculture. And in the last three months, uh, I talked to the Trump administration, what is now the Biden administration, Prince Charles, him and I had a Zoom meeting about regenerative agriculture. So it's really catching on. The, the frustrating thing for me is that when I testified in front of Congress, both sides of the aisle, so to speak, wanted the same thing in the end. You know, the one side wanted to mitigate, wants to mitigate climate change. Well, the way to do that is by farmers taking carbon through living plants out of the atmosphere, putting it into the soil. The other side of the aisle wants to increase farm profitability. Well, the way to do that is by farmers using the natural processes in order to be able to cut inputs. So I don't care if you're interested in climate change, if you're interested in farm profitability, clean air, clean water, human health, because nutrient-dense food. So why can't we come together for the 80% of the things we can agree on and adopt these practices, see that they're adopted 
on a broader scale for the good of all. Don't worry about the 20% of the things we can't agree on. That'll sort itself out. But let's come together. And I challenge the House Ag Committee to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. They could make a real statement saying that regenerative agriculture is the path that we need to go on. Uh, that's what's starting to happen in England. That was the reason for the uh, uh, Zoom meeting with Prince Charles. They want regenerative agriculture to be adopted on a wide scale. Like Gabe mentioned earlier, one of the biggest tools we can use to advance regenerative practices is education. That's where most of his focus is now, with his consulting company Understanding Ag and his nonprofit Soil Health Academy. You know, it, it amazes me how life turns out sometimes. It, it leads you on different paths, but in the end, you do what you're good at. And, and I tell people, the good Lord blessed me with a big mouth, and so I use it to help move others down this path. So Understanding Ag is a consulting company. We consult with farmers, ranchers, and businesses and communities around North America, and we're, we're expanding globally. And what we do is we take each farmer, rancher, business in their context, and how can they adopt these principles to move their operation forward? Now, Soil Health Academy, our nonprofit, is about education. So we put on free webinars. Uh, we have one this evening, as a matter of fact, where where we uh, educate uh, anyone who will listen as to these practices. And we have a wide number uh, of different experts that come on our webinars. We also do three-day Soil Health Academies where we'll go to a location and we will go to a farm or ranch that has adopted these principles and we'll let other people come and we will educate them as to how they can move their own farm or ranch down this. We also uh, educate businesses. We work with a number of businesses who want to educate their employees as to these principles. And so we'll put on special workshops for them. We work with communities. For instance, we're working with a number of communities who want to uh, clean up their water system, you know, from phosphates, nitrates. So we'll go in and, and design programs for them in order to educate the producers, which will help keep those nutrients on the landscape rather than in the watershed. And he's already been able to reach a lot of farmers, ranchers, and ordinary people. We're consulting on 22 million acres. We've touched hundreds of millions of acres on those that have learned from our academies and our webinars. Uh, we have well over uh, 20 million views uh, annually on our website and webinars and our, our YouTube videos. And not a day goes by that I don't get uh, contacted from people all over the world. Uh, I'll typically, just my own email be between 200 and 400 a day from people who want to learn more. So as I said, it's really starting to grab hold and people are realizing the importance of it. If that sounds like you, you're in good company. 
I had no idea about the advances being made in regenerative agriculture, and wanted to know more about what people like you and me can do to promote these practices. Here's Gabe's answer. Every consumer, every person out there has to eat to survive, okay? Where you source your food from plays an important role in this. I just did a podcast this morning with an individual from a medical community. And one of the things we're trying to do is educate the medical community as to the importance of regenerative agriculture in human health. Because consumers are woefully unaware, as is the medical community, as to the differences between food grown in a regenerative system versus the nutrient density of food grown in a conventional system. Dr. Stefan Van Vliet at Duke University Medical Center is using a mass spectrometer to measure over 2,500 different phytonutrient compounds. And what he's finding is that much of the foods that the public is consuming today is very low in many of these phytonutrient compounds. Now, you take what's happening currently around the world with the current COVID pandemic, those who are unfortunately succumbing, many of them do not have the gut, the healthy gut microbiome that's needed to ward off that virus. Well, that directly goes back to what people consume. And we find that those who are consuming food that was grown in regenerative soils have a much healthier gut microbiome. So we need to make a consumers aware of this, and then they need to, through their buying dollar, go source their food from people who have adopted these practices. Voting with our dollars matters, a powerful solution that's too often overlooked, but it's one of the best options available for making change. And to Gabe's earlier point, education is another one of the best tools we have. And he has some resources that anyone can use to learn more. You're welcome to go on the Understanding Ag website or Soil Health Academy website. And we have a resource page at the top of each of those. And you can look up and view uh, uh, resources that will help you understand more on these topics. Uh, There's a number of new books that are in the works and coming out that will specifically address these topics. So look for those in the near future. I definitely recommend everyone check out the resources Gabe and his team have made available. You can find them at understandingag.com or soilhealthacademy.org, and it's a great place to start for anyone who wants to learn more about regenerative agriculture. It's a topic I'd never learned much about before, but it was intensely interesting and so, so important. It's an especially important topic for a surety. Here in Nebraska, agriculture is all around us, and talking about ways to make it more sustainable is right up our alley. So big thanks to Gabe for sharing with us. At the end of our episodes, we like to thank our guests for their time and expertise by making a $100 donation to the charitable organization of their choice. Here's who Gabe picked. Sure, I appreciate that. And where I would like you to make that donation is to the Kendra Brant Memorial Scholarship through Soil Health Academy. It's a scholarship that goes to uh, to women or the underserved community to allow them to be educated in regenerative practices.
If you want to contribute to Soil Health Academy or the Kendra Brandt Memorial Scholarship Fund, you can find them once again at SoilHealthAcademy.org. In our next episode, we'll be talking to one of the largest and most visible social businesses out there, the self-described activist organization with a sweet side, Ben & Jerry's. Grab your biggest spoon because we'll be digging into big topics, from racial justice to the unexpected difference brownie bites can make. Don't miss it. Thanks for listening to Assurity's Good Business Podcast. Assurity's Good Business is a production of Assurity Life Insurance Company of Lincoln, Nebraska. If you have questions or comments, or if you want to submit an episode topic or guest for us to interview, you can visit us online at www.assurity.com goodbusiness, or send us a note at goodbusiness at assurity.com. And if you like what you hear, subscribe and listen to the rest of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram to stay up to date. Join us again next time for more stories about how businesses are changing the world. After all, it's good business. Assurity is a marketing name for the mutual holding company, Assurity Group Incorporated, and its subsidiaries. Those subsidiaries include, but are not limited to, Assurity Life Insurance Company and Assurity Life Insurance Company of New York. Thank you.